situation very critical. I need a miracle. I keep it real and sometimes I be spiritual. I need a bag and a bag of medicinal. I just be praying I don't need that pistol. I pray a lot on a lot of the issues. Fuck all that stress and you know that it's killing. I need a bag, I just need a million. I got three kids, shit might need a billy. Hello and welcome to another episode of ATL Falcons UK. Uh, this week, me and Cal are joined by James and Mike. So we've got a UK fan and a, well, fan from a, over the other side of the pond, thankfully, <laughs> for a different sort of opinion. Um, I, I'm just going to get straight into it because we have all seen what we saw last game. So uh, James and Mike, takes on the last game. Um, well, we didn't have to wait until the last five minutes of the game for us to give it <laughs> yeah, up. very true. <laughs> nah, uh, just, just disgusting. Just disgusting. Yeah. I, I, what's weird about the last one for me is that one hurt a hell of a lot less than the other ones did because I kind of, we knew that was coming, not knew it was coming. Yeah. You never want to think that too much, but out of all the games, that is one we were always going to lose compared to the other fixtures, to be fair. It, it was... It was either going to be we were going to lose big or we were going to win big. Yeah, yeah. Like I, there was no, there was not. It was. It wasn't going to be close because no. Packers Falcons games are very rarely close. Yeah, and it's not like there wasn't reason to have some level of optimism going into the game. Their wide receiving core was as depleted as our backfield was. Yeah. So you could have some optimism going into the game, thinking, well, at least in the area we're crap, they're just as crap. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, yeah, right. on, on paper, yeah, but in reality... On paper, on paper, far yeah. from it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was one of those games. I kind of went into it, and I always have a little bit of confidence because I'd say I'm quite positive, but out of all the other games, I thought this one's going to be a solid one anyway, regardless of how mm. their team lined up. I think the knocking confidence that we've had so far and the lack of defence in total probably didn't help. And then as the game went on, we lost more players and more players and more players and... and now we've got nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, the well, injury bug has bit us pretty hard this year. It really has. But that's that seems to be the case for the last two full years, and then this year for me. I mean, this year more mm, so being in quantity as well as quality of the players yeah. we've gone missing. Um, well, I mean, so it's just to round it up though. It's safeties like every single safety we pretty much have, yeah. and Julio, but Julio is always niggled. Yeah, yeah. In it. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. I can't. It's we it's, had a couple of bad ones last game, but yeah, it, it's a weird, it's a weird one with Julio as well, though, because in reality, when he got obviously he's always had had bits of injuries, but in that last get not the Packers game, the game prior to that, and he got an injury properly, he shouldn't have played in it at all. He shouldn't have, like he should. We should never be risking him. And if you know you're going into the Packers game and you've not got a massive chance anyway. Dan Quinn mm. said he was only going to use him in third downs and like and point scoring opportunities. That wasn't really what I saw. I think we we still used him in other scenarios quite a lot. So it, yeah, that weird with me. Yeah, it, it it didn't sit great with me. Um, I mean, my wife really wanted him to play as much as possible because you know yeah. she's got him on it, her uh, fantasy football team. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've got we, we've got Calvin Ridley, who would be yeah. the wide receiver one on thirty-one other teams. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, not far off. <laughs> he's. Uh, I'll, I'll give you 25, 25. <laughs> 30, like, I, I love my Falcons, but let's be realistic. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, what what I'm saying is he's he is. 
he is where Julio was in year like one or two. So he he's a couple years behind. Yeah. He's he doesn't have the um he, he doesn't have the 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 market share or the uh or the the spin or the hype yeah of uh, of Julio when he came into when he came into the league. Yeah. But I mean the dudes put up night uh twenty one touchdowns in his first three seasons. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. That's okay. I mean I mean I, I'm okay with that. To be honest with you though, it's because of his style of a receiver. So like when you look at Julio coming to the league, he's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds yeah. and will catch over anyone. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley is just has always been a master route runner. Yeah. And you'll see him juke people out of their shorts. Yeah. Catch a ball with no one anywhere near him. But yeah. you go, yeah, but you're supposed to catch those. But what you don't watch is the fact that he just Got shook there. three of three other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even even watching him in Alabama, um, you know, he he used his body to get separation. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're well aware of how uh, of how well he did against Auburn. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, uh, he's he does a really good job and, and Julio does this too. It's really, it's really a style of Nick Saban's offenses is to get, uh, get big bodied receivers that don't really look that big, but when you get next to them, they're gigantic. Yeah. Um, and they, they really use their body, use their, their strength to get, uh, to get separation. That's, and that's what makes the two of them so good and so hard to handle. Yeah. Um, mm. I think, uh, I think having a healthy Julio though, is paramount to to Ridley's success, and having a healthy Ridley is paramount to Julio's success right now. Yeah, because well, so that that's an interesting thing to talk about, just in terms of a healthy Julio. Just because I can't remember the last season, and this is going all the way back to say 2012, when I properly started watching Falcons football. I can't remember a season where he's not been niggled, and yeah. I think this comes into kind of the confidence level of the season where we're where the team is feeling within themselves, which is the worst thing, yeah. is that where games where I'm sure Julio would have pushed through, gone off to the side, gotten his treatment and come back on the pitch, he's now saying, eh. Oh, we've seen him deal with it, with this same hamstring, yeah. go off to the sideline, get rubbed, and then come back on and play. But the fact is we're down by three scores, so what's the point? Yeah, it's not, it's not worth risking an extended time off, is it, for, for something like it? When it's a, not a dead game, but not far off a dead game. Yeah. It's not worth, and and I think I think he's only had two full seasons. Um, every every other year he's missed, um, he he's missed at least one game. And I mean, when he when he went into the combine, he ran a forty with a broken foot. He ran what, he was like, four three, he was the, four three on a broken foot, and everyone. Was yeah, like, he was oh, the fastest slow. receiver in the combine that year, and he had a broken foot. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> But I, I don't think he's ever been 100% even on the even in the full seasons that he's played. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame really as well because the quality that he shows when he is fit. Imagine if he'd had an absolutely undisrupted career in whole, it'd be it'd be insane. We'd have a ring or two or three. Oh, well, we do, oh, don't. Uh, in short, I'd take one at the moment in time. I'd take one. <laughs> he, let, let's be honest. He made the catch to win a Super Bowl. He did. Yeah. That catch he Absolutely. had on the sideline was the moment at which the Atlanta Falcons should have won a Super Bowl. 
You run the ball three times up the gut for no gain. You kick the field goal, you walk off Super Bowl winners. But Dan Quinn, what are you doing? <laughs> right. So I, I, I still put that on Kyle Shanahan because, I mean, he did the exact same thing at the, in the Super Bowl uh, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. He ran up the score um, and then started making boneheaded plays. And Chiefs came back and beat him. This leads us perfectly onto what I wanted to cover for the majority of the show, really. Dan Quinn. Da- well, Dan <laughs> Quinn. Da- Dan Quinn and Co. All of them, the lot. What, what's the plan? Do we stick with... Go on, give me your takes, all of you, and we'll, we'll go one at a time. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay um, at the end of the season. So it, it's not really Arthur Blank's mo to uh to fire somebody mid-season it's just not he's Um, never done it so so he so he's gonna be there until the end of the season which is it's who cares i mean it's it's not like we're going anywhere um i mean who who was the last coach he fired mid-season was it mora i think it might mm -hmm. no i think it's been a while um uh but um well, there, we had one coach that quit and put a Xerox on all the players' lockers saying bye, <laughs> which was – that was bad. That's a different show, though. Um, <laughs> I think that, uh, that we should go ahead and, and clear house, uh, get rid of Cutter, get yep. rid uh, – I would, I would keep um, Morris. Um, I would keep some of the defensive coaches, but I would want to bring in Wade Phillips as a D.C., Right. Um, and I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to see somebody like Eric Benamy or even, yep. even Bill O'Brien could get, um, not as a head coach, not as head coach, but as an OC. Okay. Will, in, willing to, just, just to jump in a sec, willing to revert yep. back to that role, willing to take the, to the step back down for a project. He, 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 he was, mean, the, he was the, the, the Bill Belichick. GM coach combo. There is no chance he goes back to being an OC. No chance, yeah, unless maybe. it's for unless it's for Bill. But I, I can't. <laughs> Once you've I, had I, that I, level of power, you don't go back from there, do you? Well, and you you say that, but but uh, Romeo Cornell, who is the interim head coach of the Texans, went back to being a coordinator. Mike Smith left the Falcons and became the DC for for Tampa. Uh, so under Cutter. So, so I mean, I don't, Cutter, I don't disagree. Is yeah. so. I mean, but, I don't disagree I, with you there. I think it's the fact that he was GM as well. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if anyone's gone from being head coach and GM back to being a coordinator. That was my point. That's, that's true, but I don't know. After getting fired, um, being the first coach in 2020 fired after an 0 4 start, um, you know, that's that's gonna that's gonna humble a little bit. Yeah. I I don't know if I would like to see him as OC. I don't know if he would if he would do it, especially if we get somebody like Eric Benny. Um, but you know, we could even look at getting somebody from college to, uh, to come in as an OC. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, not, not necessarily, uh, you know, you're not going to get the, the big names, but you can, you could get some, you can get some good, uh, good OCs from either the mid tiers or, uh, even the OCs for, for the, for the larger schools. Yeah. Um, so we need... Yeah. We we need an offensive, co- offensive minded head coach, and give yeah. the defense to somebody who who's proven themselves. Like you know Wade Phillips, he's yeah. he's been okay. 
<laughs> Go on, James. You have your you have your shout. So I think I, I Eric Bieniemy. I think the writing on writing's on the wall there. I think there was an article that came out, um, and the Falcoholic covered it, yeah. saying that if you were to rank the destinations, if you're Eric Bieniemy, that is, and this person, whoever wrote the article, had spoken to all the agents and said clearly the Falcons is the best job going, and part of that is location quarterback resources available yeah. um so i think writing on the rule there if if eric the enemy wants to come you hire eric the enemy because he is just clearly the 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 best available head coach yeah. i think also factoring the times we're in and what what it would do for the city of atlanta yeah to have a black head coach yeah that that optic-wise wins you it. Before you even look at the fact that he is a brilliant offensive mind, yeah. the Atlanta Falcons hiring a black head coach for, I think it may have been the first time in their history. That would be groundbreaking at the start. Um, coming back to what I think will happen with Quinn, I mean, unless he blows another big lead, like genuinely, we could go 0-16, I'm yeah. sure he'd stay coach till the end of the year. The thing is, the only thing that's made me nervous about his job is what th- these leads he keeps blowing. Mm. So if, if he was to do it one more time, two more times, I don't think um, blank, Arthur Blank minds losing. I think he cares about how we lose. Yeah. And losing like that is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of the future, this is my big controversial take. <laughs> Looking at the head of the draft, if we get a top three pick, yeah. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, those two guys are so far better than anyone that's coming up in the next three years that you have to take them because what is going to happen in the next three years? You have Matt Ryan turning 39. Yeah, yeah. By the end and you have Julio turning 35, 36 on the back end. Yeah. I think, although it pains me to say it, if you could trade Julio... Oh, oh, the pain that just pulls through my body. <laughs> I, think, I think you're getting to the stage where it, you're accepting calls on that. You're definitely accepting calls now for Julio. Like, where, where before you were just like, oh, you want Julio? No, you put the phone down. Yeah. You're seeing what you can get for him now. And if you can get two ones for him, or maybe even a one and a two, I'd say you probably pull the trigger on that, depending on which team was offering you the one and the two. Um, but in, ter- in terms of drafting Lawrence or Fields, who's coming up in the next three years, either in free agency or in the draft, that you like? Like Spencer Rattler and Bo Nix are the guys that are coming up in the year after next. Yeah. Do we yeah. like either of them? Mm-hmm. Those guys are the number one guys. And there's the guy out of USC. Not to the not to the level that this year, like it's it's entirely different. I'm not saying they're not bad by any means, though, not at all. However, you're catching the names because they've had more publicity than most quarterbacks have because they've all been on TV mm. shows. Every single person that you've just mentioned have been all over Netflix and all over Amazon Prime in the last few years. So, I think. Well, there's that, but that champ, the championship game, the the Alabama championship game where Lawrence destroyed a Nick Saban defense. Yeah. That tells you all you need to know about the bloke. Freshman quarterback coming in, biggest part of his life. Yeah. And he doesn't just beat Nick Saban. 
he embarrasses the pants off his defense. Yeah. Like he he, he can he is if we get the number one pick, you draft Trevor Lawrence, or you take every, or or you trade that pick for every, a team's number one pick for the next ten years. <laughs> Literally, just constantly, like, we'll have it every year, please. But just just my take on that, then, and I'm going to put it out to all of you, really. If that was the case, what are you doing with Matt? Are you keeping him and having Trevor or whichever one of the two that you bring in? alongside of him or are they his replacement as well are you throwing him in at the deep end or are you seeing what you can get from Matt whilst he's still got a bit of capital don't you still have the problems with the contracts with Matt uh, is that not an issue with the next is it so two Matt's... and Julio as well is that another that's obviously another topic but is that to do with I don't know much about the cap space I don't think Danny's sort of similar with me yeah. um, so Matt's cap <laughs> Matt's contract sorry is a problem um You'd have to be either a team that's a quarterback away with tons of cap space or we'd have to be willing to take on a similar um, contract in return on the trade, which if you're paying that guy that much money and you're a quarterback away, you're not willing to trade a guy that's worth that much money to your organisation anyway. I think in that situation, you listen to calls, you see who's willing to trade for him. There are and this is the weirdness of the NFL, is that some teams genuinely are a quarterback away. Yeah. And they get that guy plugged in and they zoom. I don't think that's the case for Atlanta. I think we have talent on the outside. I think we have talent at wide receiver. I think we have talent on the offensive line. We have some emerging stars at linebacker. I'd but say there's talents scattered about, but there's a lot of gaps in between them all, or there's a lot of inexperience in between them all, where you're not sure whether the player's going to develop or not yet. And that's the problem. Mm. At the moment in time, we're relying on hope that somebody just has a breakout year. But go on, Mike, I'll put that mm. one to you because you look like you're, you're like, hold <laughs> so, one in. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to throw in a little bit of a hot take on this. Um, and I'm going to say no to Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Here's the reason why. Okay, so for one, uh, Matt Ryan um, is 35 at the end of the season. Yep. Julio is 31 at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Julio is, is is hurt. He's been playing hurt all his entire career. But considering that his lack of production is not necessarily due to physical prowess, but rather the boneheaded and just <laughs> – just just migraine inducing play calling by Dirk Cutter. I'll take that. Um, for for the both of them. So you Does got... anyone else want a, a stupid run on second and long? Anyone else want a, a, a up the gut run on second and exactly. long? Exactly. So let's say we do go 0 16. Can you imagine the draft capital and trades you could get for that for that number one? We're going to get a hell of a lot to, to, to we, plug the gaps we've We're more yeah, we are not a quarterback away from, from winning anything. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback. We have a Hall of Fame receiver. Um, we need better linebackers. Yeah. We need better um, offensive line. Ooh. Honestly. So you, you're, would... not a fan of, you're not a fan of Matthews and McGarry? I love Matthews and McGarry. 
I love Lindstrom, but Alex Mack is probably <laughs> not going to be a Falcon next season. We drafted so Matt Hennessy, who's that's that's fine. We've got Hennessy to put into the center. Who do we have at left guard? Left guard, I think we go again. They're, they're, all all, all offseason. <laughs> yeah, but do you not think like, you could draft a left guard in the second or third round of a draft, especially this so, this up, upcoming draft? No, and 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 I think I think you can. I think that's why if you get a top one, two, or three pick, you trade back. You could get you, you could pick up uh, Travis Etienne late first. Ooh. You could get um, you could get a fantastic guard in early second, um, or or even even in the third, and something about the coaching staff. A lot of people are saying get rid of Thomas Dimitrov. I say no, no to that. No, no. He's done phenomenal jobs in getting good quality starters right. in those mid to late rounds, and that's where we need to look. That's where we can pick up a bunch of draft picks and really build out. Yeah. You and 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 we we talk about Trevor Lawrence. We talk about Justin Fields. They're exciting. They're great. They're fantastic. They're fantastic in college. Who knows? what they're going to do. And like, you've got Baker Mayfield who now that he's got a, a good coach, now that he's got some good play callers around him, he's finally starting to, to show up. But what about Johnny Manziel? Johnny Manziel was oh, hold on. slated to be. I've got to stop the you there. Now, Johnny Manziel the, was never going to be good. No one in their right mind, unless you're Skip Bayless thought Johnny Manziel was going to be good. True. But if you but if you look at, if you look at the history of it, phenomenal quarterbacking in college level does not necessarily translate to phenomenal quarterbacking in the NFL. Mostly because you've got your expectations sky high, and if you come be- and if you come below that, then you're 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 done. Um, I mean, look at yep. Tom Brady; he was drafted in what the sixth round. Yeah, but not everyone's Tom Brady. <laughs> right, Peyton Manning was drafted Brady, number one overall. But the. Um, but you've got you've got some good quarterbacks that are coming up. They're not, you know, they're not what I would say generational. But we haven't seen any generationals uh, I, in, I, in a I, while. I, oh, I think I, I genuinely think I think Trevor Lawrence is that though. I think he is the kind of guy, especially if you can't move Matt Ryan, if you let him sit for a year, learn the playbook. I genuinely think he is going to be the guy that to take us to. To, to run the organization for the next 20 years. Keep Ryan, in mind also, he's a, he's, a, he's a Georgia high school quarterback. Yeah. Like, yeah, so we're absolutely going to it as well. I just... <laughs> we'll draft people there. from Georgia. <laughs> 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 if we don't. Um, but, you know, it, he, he looks good on paper. The optics are great. But when you've got somebody like Matt Ryan, you don't really want to move from him just yet you know people are saying oh his arm strength's down no he's having to throw off of his back foot because yeah. he's because holes are being punched in, in the offensive line yeah you know i mean in practice he'll drop 60 yards in a five gallon bucket yeah no problem but when you're running for your life and throwing off your back foot you can't you, you yeah. can't throw 20 30 yards down the field no it so, just doesn't happen I am one of the biggest Matt Ryan apologists you'll ever meet on your life. I think he's brilliant. I think he, we, we have essentially ruined his career the past two or three years. <laughs> like what, what we've put around him the past three seasons has been a nightmare. Gumballs. But he will not, I, I can't see him playing another 
do you reckon he'll play three years, three more years, four more years? I think I think three. I'm I'm looking at I'd say three. If, if we don't fix our line, three. If we do fix our line, we could see as many as five or six. I mean, look at Ooh. Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady. Drew Brees has looked rubbish for the past two and a half years. It's the fact that Ooh. he's got Sean Payton, but, Michael Thomas running 50 slants a game and Alvin <laughs> Kamara. And why can't we do that with, <laughs> with Julio and, and Calvin? Just I mean, imagine. We've got two players that are better than Michael Thomas. <laughs> oh my god this is definitely the promo part of the video yeah <laughs> they're, they're, uh. they're, and, and i say that because they're faster they can stretch the field better yeah. and they're just as good as he is at getting separation in the in in the mid level between you know five and ten yards yeah i mean he he's a he's a great he's a great uh wide receiver don't get me wrong but I don't think he's the best. I think he's one of the best. He's a top ten, but the top ten is so compact in what in what they can do. Is this Michael Thomas? Yeah. This is my boiling hot take, but I don't care. Michael Thomas is not a top twenty, top thirty wide receiver. I don't. I don't care. He runs fifty slants a game, and if you do that, it's just such a high percentage catch. Eventually, he'll fool you with a slugger. He'll run it up and. He's just he catches a lot of balls because he throw he gets he has one of the most accurate short ball throwers to ever play the game. It's Marcus mm. Colston all over again. What did Marcus Colston do the moment he left the Saints? Absolutely nothing. That's true. Um, but I but I will say that with uh, you know with with what we've got in in our talent pool, there is no reason why we shouldn't. I you know Aaron Rodgers is what thirty eight. 30, so, 37, you know, 37, 38, 37, 37, 37, Um, so, you know, he, he's getting up in age. He has, he's showing no signs of stopping. No, Tom Brady's 150. Um, <laughs> and Drew Brees is also, uh, you know, leaving his walker at the, at, at the sideline. Um, so we're, we're seeing, we're seeing quarterbacks extend their, uh, extend their careers pretty mm. substantially, but you've got a, there was one thing, Monday night that they that they talked about uh, that he was the uh, he is one of three quarterbacks to win over a hundred games and not uh, and not win a Super Bowl. One of them is the undisputed goat, Fran Tarkenton. Um, happy oh, yeah. to ha- happy to uh, ha- happy to to come on another time and, and talk about uh, Tarkenton. He's phenomenal. And Dan mm. Marino, the yeah. best passing quarterback of his of his time and even now he's still one of the best so okay um top three thrower of the ball of all time in terms of just ability to throw the ball i'd agree oh, yeah. with that. i'll take that coming off of that a little bit then we've spoke a lot about the hypotheticals and what we should do longer term and investments how do we fix this season Short term, next game, next couple of games, is it rec- not recoverable as in playoffs, but is can we find a system that suits us to get some wins on the board, build some confidence and go again next season? I don't I honestly don't think we want to win another game. I think okay, that's we'll that was over. that would be why. That would be why we wouldn't fire Dan Quinn. Mm. Because people hate playing for him so much that we just go 0 and sixteen. <laughs> let's yeah, let let's start uh, let's start the, the rookies. Um let's get Hennessy out there, see what he can do. Yeah. Let's get 
Michael Walker out there and um, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and and all and, and all the rookies that we've got. I, I want to see more Marlon Davidson. I want to see more John uh, John Kaminsky. Marlon Davidson, let's go. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I want to see I, I want to see more of these younger guys. Um, I want to see more uh, Quadri Allison in the. I agree. Third and twos. Yeah. Um, because I, we I, we don't have a cap space to keep Gurley. Let's let's be honest. No. Do we want him? Do we want to keep? He's going? on. He's on. He's on pace for a thousand yards and sixteen touchdowns. So mm. he does. He just to, to he me looks slow. I see. I, I disagree. I don't think he looks slow. I think we're utilizing him in a way that's completely polar opposite to how we should be using him. So that's fair. In in our last show, we discussed the fact that we're using him so deep in the field that he's just these two and three yard runs so far back mean nothing. Any any young person that's completely fit, completely physical, any of our other running back courts could do that job. He should be red zone and only taking hits when he absolutely has to take the hits. Because mm. for me, all of our other running backs are a hell of a lot more powerful in terms of powerful and quick in terms of the the. Like the ground that they make up, for example, the 35-yard touchdown that we got the other week. Gurley's not going to do that anymore. I don't think. Pers- I love him. I love him, but I don't think he's going to do that anymore. So I don't. I think we're we're exposing him to an environment that he shouldn't be used in. I don't. I don't think he's being utilised how he should. I think to be honest with you, I think Gurley was an optics signing. That like it was window dressing. It was yeah. hey Atlanta, we're hiring the former UGA star that we should have drafted instead of Vic Bustley. <laughs> well, we we did. Um, it, he is an upgrade over Devontae Freeman. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Yeah, but I, talking about running backs, we'd like to see more of Ito Smith. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Whether it's whether it's in the play him in the slot, some play him. Yeah, catching screens more. I just he has the ability to make people miss, which you can't. That, that that's that's a commodity in the NFL. Yeah, he absolutely. he's he's our new Anton Smith. Yeah. Oh, Anton um, Smith. The days of Anton. Except Smith. right. Except you can't put Ito between the tackles. You just can't. No, you definitely can't. But I mean, if if we had, I would have been perfectly happy. Like I I love I do like the girly pick a lot. Um, I I think he's a massive upgrade over Devontae Freeman. But if we didn't hire him. I would have been fine with Brian Hill, um, Quadri Ellison, and Ito. Like, you know, have you have your specialists to run by committee. Um, you know, Ito's good in the slot. You can put him opposite of uh, Alameda Zacchaeus. And by the way, announcers, it's Alameda, not Alame. <laughs> he puts it. No he way. puts it on his Twitter profile. He's got it in his Twitter profile. This is how you say my name, and every single person. Olamide, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lama Day, Lama Day, Lama Day is the keys. But no, and he—he's—I would love to see more of him. He's—he's he's shown up a little bit more, and um, you know, he's—he's he's a small guy, but he—he he runs and he fights like like Julio. Like he yeah. looks like Julio out there. Taylor Gabriel, two point With yeah, ooh. Well, season. I think I think he's as quick. I think he's as quick. I think he's more of a Harry Douglas with uh, with Taylor Gabriel's speed. I'll give you that. 
I think yeah. he, I think we want him to do what we wanted Turbo to do. Yeah, I th- we ask him to do the same things. I think ultimately, though, in terms of big picture for this season, I agree. Play the rookies. Fire Dirk Cutter now. Why he hasn't been fired is beyond me. I'll take I'll um, that one as yeah, well. That sure. one's yeah, done. But I think also you've got to... What, what's the name of the uh, linebackers coach? It's escaping me. Jeff Albrecht. Why he isn't the, the DC at the moment. Raheem Morris has been just as useless. Yeah. He has. I, I think... Like the fact, so, that, that the fact that the running back can escape out... out just that first... It was <laughs> mind-numbing. How? So, so last year, Ulbrich and Morris were co-DCs with Ulbrich play, uh, calling most of the plays, and then they give the DC job to Morris? Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. I, I would – and if we can't get somebody like Wade Phillips, I'd be fine with getting, uh, with, with getting Ulbrich. And because Morris has the experience as a head coach, we could get rid of Cutter and move Morris over to the OC. I don't care. Like he's been a he's been a defensive pack. He's been an he's he's been a coach on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So, and and he did. What's to lose? What's I mean, to lose as well? What's to yeah, lose? I mean, who, it, like, it, it would be an upgrade. It would definitely be an upgrade. Well, pull pull Morris over over to uh, over to the offensive side again um, for the for the schematics, and then let Matt Ryan call the plays. Been calling that for so long, literally from week one. Every play that he calls works. Every play that anyone else calls just like, for a brick wall. So, so <laughs> the uh, Green Bay uh, does this thing with, um, with uh, I'm sure you all saw it on Monday night where they, where they call two plays and um, and then Rogers picks the play at yeah. the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that easily. We should be doing that comfortably. I think we. I mean, if Can is the call, like. He de- I think Matt definitely does do that if that's kind of the verbiage that most quarterbacks use. I think, yeah, I agree with Matt Ryan calling his own calls. I just, honestly, I'd, I think his mind, he's got a brilliant mind Yeah. as a quarterback, but I think, I just don't think he's long for the league. I think, give him a year or two more. I think the thing is, when it comes to quarterbacks, the, the, the typical, the, the um, what's the word, what I'm trying to say? Basically, the Max Kellerman thing of, basically when you hit 40, it's a cliff. You jump off a cliff at 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's been pretty much every other quarterback in the league that hasn't been named Tom Brady yeah. and um, Warren Moon. And I just, I think if we can find, like, there is not a quarterback coming up in the next three drafts that is Lawrence or Fields. Just because looking at the time, and that's a stunning talking point for our next show, I think we'll leave it there in a really annoying way because that means next time everyone's going to want to fucking jump on and hear about that. Um, we are planning <laughs> on doing the show maybe this weekend again, so it'd actually be good if we could get you both back on and do it as a continuation yep. and get some more people on board. So Literally. Situation very critical. I need a miracle. I keep it real and sometimes I'll be spiritual. I need a bag and a bag of medicinal. I just be praying I don't need that pistol. I pray a lot on a lot of the issues. Fuck all that stressing, you know that it's killing. I need a bag, I just need a million. I got three kids, she might need a billy.